Today's message is called, I thank God for you. I thank God for you. I thank God for you. Um, the five o'clock service today, it's going to be a different message. And the message that I really felt to share with our church, our community to, to, at the five o'clock is a message on freedom and wisdom, wisdom and freedom. To deal with deep insecurities, hypersensitivity, lack of self-confidence, uncontrolled anger, shyness, obsessive compulsive behaviour, addictions of all kinds, repeated thoughts that generate distress, anxiety attacks. You think that I would be describing anyone but a Christian and yet just because these things happen, the truth is it can happen to anyone, including those who call themselves Christians. And we need to learn how to draw from a different well. We need to, la- to learn to pull from a different source. One of the biggest things we've all got to navigate is our thoughts. Can we control them? Can we arrest them? Or do we entertain them? Or do we feed them? Or do we play with them? You see, our thoughts, our thought life comes from an internal, not an external. Often we think the world externally is causing all sorts of pain and problems in our lives. And the truth is, it's actually not external. It's nearly always, I would say, if not always, internal. The biggest battle you and I will ever face in life is internal more than it is external. And this is where our faith and Christianity, the gospel, the Lord Jesus, the presence of the Holy Spirit can help us to overcome all sorts of addictions, habits, thought life that are destructive. Many of us would understand, have you ever had a a time where your thoughts are out of control, where it's caused so much distress? Often in the morning we can wake up and our thoughts can begin to go in a wrong direction, like getting on a train that you know is the wrong train. It's like, how do I get off this? I've done that many a times. There's one time in the year where the marathon's on and I can't get to church because all the roads are closed. And so all I have to do is get on a, a, a tram. And so what do I do this year? I got on the tram and went in the wrong direction. And I couldn't get off until it was too far in the wrong direction. And I began to get stressed. <laughs> I'm like, ah. But what I am saying is, is, I think many of us would understand that privately that can happen to all of us. And so I really believe tonight's message is going to really help serve and speak and strengthen all of us who really have a desire to either realise that these things are not in our lives or we've been delivered from these things or we're just aware of it too much and we want to be walking in the freedom that He has provided. Amen. So tonight's message is ultimately about freedom. What does that look like? How does that roll out in our lives? And ultimately, it's about the wisdom of God because there's the wisdom of God that will keep you in the freedom of God. And so if that's interesting to you, then let's uh, take time for that tonight. But today's message is, I thank God for you. It's about thankfulness. Many of you, quite a few of you probably have had a chance to celebrate uh, Thanksgiving. It's something that is big in parts of the world, but it's not universal. However, thankfulness in the kingdom of God is universal. It's eternal. We will never stop thanking God. So on earth, the chance to be on earth is the chance to practice what we will be doing for eternity. And eternity is a long time. Eternity is a long time. But we get to practice on earth this beautiful thing called thankfulness. 
Thankfulness can change the atmosphere of your home. Thankfulness can change the condition of your heart. Thankfulness can change the very fabric of your soul. Having a spirit of thankfulness can raise amazing kids. You can't do everything for someone else, but you can set them up in an environment that helps work for their well-being. Someone asked me about loving kids the other day, and I'm like, you can't love kids enough. You can't come up with a limit. You can't come up with a number. You can't come up with a, 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 a quantitative, uh, uh, defini defining, definitive number that says, that's it, that's it. It's endless. Because we were created for love, not hate. We were created to build, not destroy. We were created to be healers, not destroyers. And so that's why we need to give time to the Word of God because what you can't get with faith, you'll try to get with control. You're not at your best when you're controlling everything. In fact, if any of us can be honest with living a life of control, it's exhausting. Trying to control the outcomes, trying to control the emotions, trying to control your friends, trying to control your kids, trying to control the church. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it's like, controlling is exhausting. But try the other thing, living a life of faith, living a life of trust. It's so much more empowering and it's so much more building and uplifting. And that's what God's calling us to do, is to live a life of faith, amen? So this is where we get to practice. This is where we get to learn. It's where we get to say, you know what? I've lived this way long enough. I'd like to live this way. And I'm gonna get on this journey in Christ and feel the safety and the support of His love for me as I bump along and find our way forward. I think bumping along is more descriptive of our walk with Jesus than anything else. Now you can say, now He's talking to me. So today's message is, I thank God for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, taken from the message. Every time I think of you, and I think of you often, I thank God for your lives of free, open access to God. Free, open access to God. Let me say it again. Free, open access to God. It's hard to pass to people who are not joined to you. It's hard to pass to people who have an orphan spirit because they won't let you love them. They won't let anybody love them because they don't believe they're lovable. So it's really hard to pastor orphans. It's really hard to integrate orphans or orphan spirit into a family of faith. It's hard to pastor people who are not joined to the vision of the church. It's hard for a mother to mother a child if that child's not theirs. It's hard for a father to father a child if that child is not theirs. And it's the same principle for pastoring. It's hard to pastor people who don't want pastoring. And we have a challenge in our 21st century because we've got lots of Christians who are not very Christian. People always ask the question and they always fight this one about defining who your friendships are and who do you have friends with and who can I have friends with and who's the best friends and who's the right friends because your friends determine your future. You don't get to your future on your own. You actually get to your future because of the community and the friendship circle that you build around your life. You don't get to choose your blood family, but you do get to choose your spiritual family. So all Christians, do they make good friends? No, no, no. Just because you're Christian doesn't make you a great friend. It depends on the spirit you have. If you're not connected, it's really hard to connect people to something you're not connected to. 
And these are the things that we kind of know exist, but we don't really acknowledge. And these are the things that sometimes end up tripping up. It's like when I was a kid, I was terrible at tying laces. I just couldn't be bothered. I'd rather have shoes than no laces because like for me, I want out there in life. It's just slowing me down, tying laces. I was that kind of kid. I was known as the kid that ran everywhere. I never walked anywhere. I ran everywhere. Up in the morning, I ran to the bathroom. I ran from the bathroom, ran to the breakfast table. I ran to school. Anyone who knew me, that's the kid that runs. I had so much energy. I mean, so you imagine putting your shoes on, tying your laces, and often I would run and my shoelace would run down. Mum would go, you're gonna trip her, you're gonna trip her. Tie your laces. And I think sometimes we've got to remember that don't get going in life and allow things in your life to trip you up. If you know it, pay attention to it. Either take your shoes off or tie them up. But don't play around with bad company. In other words, what's bad company? Bad spirit. A good apple is corrupted by something around them. And, and so you've got to understand, like you, you, you have responsibility for your spirit. Your spirit, your responsibility. And one of the things that can keep your spirit in its good place, in other words, in the place that God has given you, His spirit in you should be benefiting you. But what I need you to understand is this, thankfulness is one of the definitives or one of the indicators or the evidence of a healthy soul. Well, I, I'm thankful and I'm not a Christian. I don't know God and I don't want to know God and I can be thankful. I actually agree because it's in all human beings. But if you wanna get funny about it, we're still created in His image, which means we do lots of things that are God honoring or God reflective, even if we don't acknowledge where it comes from. But for those who do know Jesus, let it be thankfulness that marks your life. Let this Christmas be a Christmas of thankfulness. Let our house, the house of God, be a place where there is a lot of noise in the direction of thankfulness, amen? And I think it's a choice. Like praise and worship, it's a choice, it's a decision. So let me give you some thoughts about this, but I love what it says. It says, there's no end to what? Uh, open free access to God given by Jesus. There's no end, if you could put it back up again, there's no end to what has happened in you. It's beyond speech, it's beyond knowledge. The evidence of Christ has been clearly verified in your lives. Thankfulness. Just think, you don't need a thing, you've got it all. All of God's gifts are right in front of you as you wait expectantly for our Master Jesus to arrive on the scene for the finale. And not only that, but God Himself is right alongside you to keep you steady on track until things are all wrapped up by Jesus. God, who got you started in this spiritual adventure, shares with us the life of His Son and our Master Jesus. He will never give up on you. Never forget that. Even if you want to give up on you, God will never give up on you. Even if you give up on your friends, God's not going to give up on you. I just think it's a promise that we can hold on to. But let me tell you the fruit of that, believing that, accepting that, nourishing that, watering that, getting a hold of that, will be expressed in your level of thankfulness. I find that the more people who acknowledge this, they tend to be a little bit easier with this thing called thankfulness. It comes out of their lives. You cannot have a reality of 
God has promised me he'll never leave me or forsake me and then be silent about thankfulness. It'll spill over. It'll just spill out of you. It comes out of you because it's in you. And I really believe that that's something that even though we think it's simple and it's too casual maybe or even too simplified, it's actually profound because it's actually how God has created us to be thankful people. So let me give you a few more verses on this. Hebrews chapter 13. Uh, this is another reference for you. For God said, I will never fail you nor forsake you. That's a promise. That, that is why we can say without doubt or fear, the Lord is my helper. I am not afraid of anything that people can do to me. People are crippled by fear. People can live their whole lives limiting their lives because of this thing of, called fear. And fear comes in many shapes and sizes. But we are not called to be people of fear. We're called to be people of a sound mind because we've been given a spirit of love, not fear. And that's not intellectual alone. It's actually a reality that you and I can bring in every area of our lives. Let our homes, uh, let our children grow up in homes where they see <laughs> that there's a spirit of love, not a spirit of fear. And I know that this is easy to say. It's about not just saying it, it's about believing it and then turning it into action. Amen. So let's hold on to God's promise that he will never leave us. He'll never abandon us. And I've talked about an orphan spirit today, but an orphan spirit is an abandoned spirit. It feels like it's been abandoned. And we as human beings from conception to puberty, we don't realize how profound them years are for our lives and well-being. We are adults today, but we are basically a reflection of our childhood in so many ways. Even though we don't want to hear it, it it's unescapable. And the only way that narrative can really change is by the love of God coming in and changing our identity. In other words, you're not a slave, you're a son. You're not an orphan, you're a daughter, amen? And so that's why we preach the gospel because it's taking His kingdom and replacing another kingdom that is disruptive. We were made for His domain. We were made for His kingdom and we were made because He is the one that created us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And so I think it's a lot going on here, but we've got to understand our whole society and world is a reaction to our childhood. Whatever happens to children is really outworked in adult life. And so if there's a, an abandoned spirit as a young child, it will begin to outwork that spirit in jobs, in businesses, in decisions, in relationships. And that's where you see it the most. Our city of Berlin, the number one problem in this city is not debt. Though that is true, financial debt, the number one problem in our society in Berlin is failed relationships. It's everywhere. People are, are, are numb, almost numb at the point of like, is there any relationship that I, and, and so we turn it into just transactions. I'm hungry, so I'll eat. I need sex, so I'll just, if I can't buy it, if I can't, you know, I'll just get it. I'll get what I need in any way possible. And I don't become a better person. I actually become like a zombie. And so I need you to understand the gospel is the liberator of a human soul. And we can't just pick and choose. We've got to understand if we said yes to Jesus, His Spirit should be hit the Spirit that defines our lives. And so let me give you a few more thoughts on this about thankfulness, what it looks like. So... When we learn to be thankful or learn to practice thankfulness in our lives, and I would say practice because not all of us grew up knowing how to be thankful. I would say I learned this when I started going to church. I wasn't really a thankful person. I don't 
think I was an unpleasant person. I just don't think it was strong in my life. Started coming to church, got married to Joyce, who is always thankful about everything. And it rubbed off on me in a good way, amen? Thank you for that one cheer. But let me keep going here because I want to keep trying to bring this to a close for you today. Learn to, I think it's important that we learn to stay thankful in all the seasons of life. So here's a verse for you. First Thessalonians, number five. First Thessalonians, number five. Thessalonians. Yeah. No matter what happens, no matter what happens, always be thankful for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So here's some thoughts again about thankfulness, just to try and help you, okay? Thankfulness is a sacrifice. Psalm 50 verse 23, giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honours me. In other words, let me change the word. It's like, I don't want to do it, but I I know I need to do it. I don't feel like doing it, but I know it's better if I do it. In other words, it would be easier to be comfortable, but I'm going to choose calling over comfort. You're called (laughs) to live in a way that honours God. And so even if you don't feel like it, but can you get over your feelings to the point where you're on the right side? And I'm saying it openly because all of us understand the reality of not wanting to do things, but that is again, not reflective of the spirit Christ has given us. So our ability to give thanks, we know that it honours God. If you keep my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. In other words, thankfulness keeps you going in the right direction. Uh, Thankfulness honours God. Psalm 60 verse 30. Then I will praise God's name with singing. And I will honour Him with... Has anyone ever thought about it that the church, the community, most people in church can't sing? So why do we put ourselves through this painful experience? No, the truth is, let's count the numbers right now. Who can sing in this room and who can't? Now, we're not going to have a competition. (laughs) Voice for Deutschland or anything else. Voice for the church. It's nothing to do with that. But listen to me. The truth is, I've been in church 30 years and I still can't sing. And yet I sing every Sunday. Oh, I try to sing every Sunday, like most of us. So why are we encouraged to keep singing when we can't sing? And I think that's what we've got to realise sometimes. It's not about me, it's about us. When we have a birthday, sometimes we always start singing, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you. Birthday, dear Julie. Happy birthday to you. So, really, what is Sunday worship? Praise and worship. Happy birthday. In other words, we're all invited into singing. And why? Because it changes us, it, it, it opens up our ability emotionally, but also spiritually. It prepares our heart to receive the Word of the Lord. So it's not about our ability to sing because most of us in the church across the world do not sing. It's an interesting thought, but trust me, I think the numbers 
go towards less singers than good singers. I'm just saying, okay, it's not about how good we are at singing. It's how much that we come together and say, God, take this sacrifice of praise, this spirit of thankfulness, and it's amazing what he does for that. And I'm always amazed at the Sunday. It just sounds so beautiful. Sometimes it literally sounds like we're all angels. Sometimes. But what I am trying to say to you is that let's understand what we're doing and why we're doing it. Thankfulness will change the atmosphere a hundred times, thousand times. Number three, thankfulness acknowledges God's goodness. Psalm 118, 29. Give thanks to the Lord for He is... His faithful love endures forever. Number four, thankfulness works in prayer. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. But when Daniel learned that the new law had been signed, he went home, he knelt as usual in his upstairs room with his windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he'd always done, giving thanks to his God. So again, in prayer, the best prayer is the thankful prayer. Amen. If you're going to pray, pray a prayer of thanks. It's so simple. And yet it's the thing that keeps you towards the sun. Amen. Honestly, I know it's, it's almost too simple. It's like, well, I'm ch- but practice it. It will change you. It will change us. It will literally create an atmosphere where you'll see God and His presence at work beautifully in the lives of His people. And I don't, I don't, honestly, I encourage it, I encourage it, I encourage it. Number five, thankfulness opens the door to miracles. John chapter six, verse 11, listen to this. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God and distributed them to the people. Afterwards, He did the same with the fish and they all ate as much as they wanted. Five loaves and two fish fed over 5,000 people. What was our heart for the house offering this year? It was amazing. But in accordance to the vision that we have, reaching into Eastern Europe, it's five loaves and two fish. And it'll always be five loaves and two fish, to be honest. We'll always have more vision than money. But I want you to know that it's still a work of faith because we're going to God and trusting Him with whatever it is. But five loaves and two fish, look what God does. But again, Jesus, what did He do? He gave thanks. Your children right now, you know you've got a big future. Get a hold of them, give thanks. When we dedicate our children, what are we doing? Giving thanks, amen. That project at work, when's the last time you took the project into your hands and said, Father, I give thanks, amen. You want your project to fly, give thanks to God for it, amen. Now, I don't recommend doing it in front of the boss if he doesn't really believe. Maybe you could, maybe you can't. It's a conscious call. Truly, there's a lot of things that are a conscious call. But what I am saying is, is, but give thanks. That university degree, that bachelor's, that master's, that thesis, that whatever it is, that visa. Give thanks. It really does work. And I really honestly, you watch what it does to you. Amen. And I really pray that this is something we can carry into the Christmas season and not just into the season, but into the rest of our days. So I really believe when you give thanks, it can open up the miracles that I believe God does have for us. Number six, thankfulness remembers what we have in Jesus. Thankfulness. Luke 22, verse 19, He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then He broke it into pieces and He gave it to the disciples saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. You cannot take communion enough. Amen. 
And I really pray that we will be a kind of a community that love communion. And maybe we don't practice it traditionally like in other maybe expressions of the church around the world. But again, last time I looked, there's no, more, there's no real details about taking communion apart from take it. <laughs> so you don't need the priest and the robes to give you communion. I don't say that disrespectfully. I, not, I would never have that spirit because I know how God can work with anyone and everything that you would. You think God can't do that and you watch, He does it. But let me tell you, it's not the practice of religion that transforms you. It's the reality of the person Jesus in your life. You can be in your bedroom, so broken, so needy, so wanty, whatever it is, and you go to the bread and you break it and you say, Jesus, I need you. And you watch, it's His presence that will sustain you. So I'm praying that we will carry this together as a community. We'll take bread together as often as we can. And the last one here, number seven, thankfulness, never lose sight of who God is. Romans chapter one, verse 21. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. That is not God's blessing for your life, to be confused and to be dark. And now I know sometimes we feel like there's a dark cloud over our lives. Sometimes it feels like it's there for a moment. Sometimes it feels like it's there for too long. But I'm telling you, it is never God's plans and purposes for a child of God to live in darkness or confusion. And one of the best ways to break confusion and to break darkness or clouds of whatever over your life is to start getting on a garment of thanksgiving in Jesus' name. And I'm telling you, sometimes me and Joyce, we do the most stupidest things sometimes. Over 28 years of marriage, when we face challenges with our health or with our family or anything to do with our children or if our finances are struggling or whatever it is, we've learned to get hold of each other and we dance up and down in the room. We say, we're praising you. And I'm telling you, in the early days, I must admit, I felt very awkward. I never felt like, a, you know, it wasn't tandem dancing and there was no flow. She stood on my toes. I stood on her feet. We had to pray for healing many times. But we at home in private, though I've made it a bit public right now, would stand and go. And you might still think it's like a little bit silly. Like what kind of pastors have we got? Real pastors with a real faith and a real Jesus, with real situations. So I'm not asking you to Instagram your happy moments. I'm just asking you, just decide you're gonna live life with thanks as much as you possibly can. Don't let anyone rob you of your capacity and ability and desire to give thanks in Jesus' Name because it opens doors. It creates an atmosphere of love and hope and mercy, amen. You can push back darkness with a spirit of thanks. You can get the enemy and the confusion and push it back because of giving thanks, amen.